0: Church, um, we started uh, three weeks ago a a series about the Bible because I really do believe it's important that we know how this Bible came to existence because everyone we know a story out of the Bible, right? But a lot of people have no clue how does the Bible become together. And today I want to ask a simple question, has the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened? Is Jesus rose from the dead, yes or no? You will say, personally, why in the world is this an important question? Because if Jesus not rose from the dead, that means one third of the Bible is just a nice book. That means a nice story about a rabbi, his name is Jesus, he healed people, he set people free. But be honest, there has been a lot of prophets around many, many years, times, they did amazing miracles as Jesus well, But the difference between Jesus and the rest of all the people that that performed miracles was, he rose from the dead. And that's the most important part for us as a believer. So there are many reasons why Jesus rose from the dead. I shared some weeks ago, uh, they wrote some documents about the life of Christ. And 300 years after Jesus Christ died actually, There are Romans people that decide to destroy all the documents and all the Christians, they save the documents and no one will die for a document if this is just a fairy tale or just a simple story. That means for them it was reality. They believed Jesus Christ, he rose from the dead. But the second reason is, and think about yourself, the Bible says the same power that Jesus Christ rose from the dead lives in you and me. There is a resurrection power in us right now. That means we believe that God is good. We believe there is joy. We believe there is peace, even though if the circumstances are not good, we believe that God can perform miracles after miracles. God can create out of nothing something. We know if we believe the mountains have to move. We believe the storm has to be calm. We believe that the resurrection power of Christ lives straight in you and me. Can I have a big amen? This is the biggest proof actually. Hey, I want to I wanna read you a Bible text in Jeremiah, and I like it, I love it. It says in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire should open my bones. I'm weary of holding it. Indeed, I cannot be quiet. And the reason why the church is growing when Christ rose from the dead, people experience a breakthrough, an account of God. They felt the resurrection power was straight in them and the people and the word of God shared around the globe. Nothing on planet earth can stop the King of God. I'll tell you why. We're living in a time right now where people say, for example, if you're a teacher, they will say, hey, you can teach the kids, but never speak about Jesus in, in the schoolroom. Have you ever heard that? People will say, your faith is a private matter. Hey, listen. When the joy in the Lord is your strength, when God puts peace in your heart, you cannot say in the morning, peace, shut up, joy, leave. Because if I walk out in my classroom, they can feel and sense the presence of the Lord and they say, why in the world are you always happy? Why in the world are you always so peaceful? You say, there's a reason. Jesus Christ, the resurrection power dwells in me. Being a Christian means everyone can see you are different. And I tell you why. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and every morning he waves out of your eyes and says, Hello neighbor, Jesus Christ is real and the peace is still here. Isn't that an amazing truth? Hey, I want to go deeper uh, this afternoon because... The question is, as Jesus rose from the dead, is a very important question. I want to share a little bit of background, if this is okay. When you read the Bible and you study the Bible, there are some old scriptures or documents. There are brand new documents about Luke, John, Matthew, and, and, and Mark. But then also the third part are Paul is writing so many letters to a lot of churches and there are three parts in the Bible and sometimes people say, all the books from Paul, it's weird. I don't get it. I don't understand why in the world he speaks about weird things. And I want to give you a background why there are three parts in the Bible. and This is very important for us right now to understand that God is still on the throne. God is still doing miracles and God will never stop doing miracles because there's a resurrection power of Christ dwells in you and me. So let's start this for a moment and be patient in the end. I want to wrap everything together and you will understand God is brilliant. The way God put the Bible together, it's brilliant. It's awesome. So everything starts with Jesus Christ and there's a cartoon on the screen. When Jesus Christ came, people were rolling down all the miracles in the life of Christ. But when Jesus died, everyone believed the show is over. And they believed it's over. But three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and people say, oh my gosh, he's still alive. He's different than all the prophets. So they wrote down the documents of, of John, Mark, Luke and Matthew and all the documents of the life of Christ, that were eyewitness. They were so different, they approached different people groups like the Greek, the Jewish people, all the people and they were different people actually. So the first Christian, they start to read all those documents and they say, oh my gosh, There are some old documents, I don't call Old Testament just old documents from the beginning of the Bible, like the the Torah, the five books, and also the prophets. And the Christian will say, oh my gosh, here in the Old Testament, there are so many stories of Jesus Christ, prophetic words in the old scripture. So the Christian said 9% of all the teachings of Christ, you can read in the Old Testament, So the Christian said, this is not old documents. They said, in all the documents of Moses and Genesis, it's actually a Christ letter. So the first Christian said, we like that too. So they took the old documents, combined the new documents of the four Gospels. And think for a moment, if you are working in a company and you have a specific job, and somebody walks in and takes over your job, you'll say, hey, what are you doing here? I'm employed for that job. I'm a pro. What are you doing? You don't like that, right? For the Jewish people, there were a covenant was exclusive only for the Jewish people. And all of a sudden people are, Roman people, and Greek people say, oh, we like these documents. And they took it over. And the Jewish people, they were not happy. Then it happened something very crazy. There was the name, his name is Sauls, Saulus or Paulus. Saulus actually, I wrote it down in the Hebrew name. Saul means uh, who was betrayed, prayed. He turned into Paul, a little one. So Saulus was a guy, a Pharisee. He know the law and the prophet of the Old Testament. He said, someone, it's me, has to do something. Because the Christian, they're stirring up the things and they're destroying our belief in the Old Covenant. And he got so angry and he got the permission from all the big people. So they went to the Christians from house to house, took the Christians out. They killed some Christians and put Christians into the prison. If you are God and you wanna do a new thing, do you think God says, okay, Paul, move on. This is always also God's story. God has always a moment when he intervenes in one second and god stopped saulus or paulus and said what are you doing he got blind and god asked him the question what are you doing why do you hunt me and the christians this was the moment where paul had an encounter with god almighty and the same thing happened in your life right you had an encounter too with jesus right Just think for a moment, it's maybe many years ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, I remember, when I was 18 years old, I received Jesus Christ in my life. And the same evening, I drove home with my motorbike, and I heard an acoustic voice, I want to use you as an evangelist. I had no clue what is an evangelist. So the next morning was the 2nd of January, i I never forget, we had French lesson. Do you like French? Beautiful language, but very hard to learn. So, in the French lessons, I heard the same voice again. In the break, ask all your friends, collect them all together and share the gospel. I have never read the Bible. I've never been to Bible school. I had just this moment, encounter with Jesus during the French lesson. So in the break, I said to my friends, yesterday I received Jesus Christ in my life. I, don't, I have no clue what it means, but from now on, my life will be different. Why am telling you this story? It's so long ago, but I will never forget the moment when I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I felt the resurrection power in me. You had the same thing in your life. You had this encounter moment, and Paul had this encounter moment. And that changed the whole story, what happens actually in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, Paul says now, for I am the least of all the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. He killed people, he put people into the prison. Can you imagine how he felt? And sometimes, when you think back about your own story, about your own life, no one is perfect. Maybe you have done certain things in your life, and you think I'm disqualified. Nobody is disqualified because of what you have done in the past. Jesus Christ died on your behalf so that you have a restart. Amen. God uses everyone actually. there's always a new beginning. Let's give for that God a big round of applause. It's always a new beginning. Always. <laughs> so what I like about Paul. So you know when he received Christ? You know what he did? He opened up a Twitter account. Paul, the Pharisee, the author, the preacher, the church planter, wandering in the Mediterranean was so God to call now paul.com so i like it with other words he changed in one second and why is paul important in the whole story of the bible why is the first corinthian all the books of paul so important now i want to deep in still in the question Has jesus rose from the dead has there been a resurrection that's still my question But I have to give you a background to understand God's story. There is always a God's story. And if they send a God's story, you know, God is always in the lead in charge. The three reasons why God chose Paul. Point number one, Paul explains the relationship between the different parts. He was a master. He knew all the laws and the prophet of the old documents. And he knew all the new documents of the life of Jesus Christ. About the Old and New Testament. And here is a graphic about the New and Old Testament. There are more than 63,000 reference from the New to the Old Testament. And if you shared a story, Paul could say, Ah, I know, Jesus mentioned that from Isaiah. Ah, I know, Jesus took that part from the Psalms. Oh, I know, Jesus took that from Ezekiel. Paul was a master of connecting the new and the old documents together. He's a genius. That's why God chose him, a Pharisee who knew the whole entire Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? The second reason was now, um, Paul wrote some of the new documents that means... Here are the new documents. They're, they're not the old, that's not the four Gospels. He wrote new letters to churches, Corinth and all the letters. Why in the world is this so important? So I tell you now a problem what happens when Jesus rose from the dead, a new problem occur around the world. People, there have been Jewish people got saved. Like a Greek guy got saved, a Roman guy got saved, a pagan guy got saved. They're not from the Jewish culture. And some Jewish people got saved as well. And everyone was confused, what should we do now? There are 613 laws from Moses in the Old Testament. Hear me, 613 laws in the Old Testament. The Greek people say, oh my gosh, should I follow now the 630 laws? And when you hear the word laws, you think about, oh my gosh, about religion, about so many things. No, the laws was actually life coaching tips for your life. How to eat healthy. How to be fit in your soul about keeping the Sabbath. It was actually 613 life coaching to the people. In our days, we know so much about the doctor. If you have a migraine, you can take a pill. But in those seasons, God gave them laws how you can be fit. And the people around could see that the people of God were fitter, were smarter, were more blessed than all the other nations. And they have to see the favor of God was on them. They have seen how they treat their wives and women and children were different than the Roman people. So everyone could see that the people of God are another level. And they say, oh my gosh, we cannot be Jewish But we see the blessings of God, of all the laws. But what should we do now? What should we do now? Should we keep the Sabbath? Sabbath means Saturday. But what if my boss gives me a day off, it's Wednesday? Uh, What about McDonald's? About eating pig meat? What about circumcision? Like here? Should I do this if I'm 40 years young? I don't... This was question about all those things. You can only experience God in the temple. There has been the anointing of God and everything. There were questions and questions and questions and questions and questions and questions and questions. Now think for a moment. The people of God had to go three times a year to Jerusalem to celebrate and think and worship God. There were questions around the area, and everyone was saying, "What is the solution? What is the solution?" Think for a moment, Paul is saying, guys, Jewish people, Roman people, Greek people, it's so easy. Do you remember the day before Jesus Christ died? When he mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. This is the cup in my new covenant. It's a new covenant for Jewish people. What in the flip is a new covenant? We have the covenant. With David and Abraham and Jesus, no, 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 no. For everyone, it doesn't matter if you're Greek, Jewish, Hebrew, Jewish people. For everyone, I start a brand new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it, remember of me. For whatever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until I will come back. This was a revolutionary things. Jesus was saying, listen to me. I start a brand new covenant. Everyone is included. Swiss people, Greek people, European people, everyone is included in the new covenant. But Jesus, should we go three times to Jerusalem? He said, no. It's too far away. It costs too much money. But when you gather in your house at the table, it's the same principle through your member, where you come from and where you go. This is the most important thing. And then Paul is saying, Paul is saying, you know, in the Old Testament, in the temple was the presence of God. But listen, now you are the temple of the living God. And you are the temple of the living God, and an anointing of God dwells in you, and the Holy Spirit is in you wherever you go, wherever you walk, you bring the presence of the Lord into your school, into your family, into your neighbor, wherever you live. The temple is not in Jerusalem, it's around the world. Isn't it amazing? Hey, in the Old Testament, God put out the Holy Spirit only for certain people, for a certain task, for a certain time. And 90% of the people, they never experienced the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, guys, good news. Everyone has the Holy Spirit. No difference between young and old, educated or stupid, whatever. Whatever you will receive the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying, guys, you are the temple of the living God. You bring the presence of God in your home, school, in your school, at your workplace, and you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If your teacher is sick, you can say, teacher, can I pray for you? And you will pray and boom, shakala, a miracle will take place. You go and say, hey, I have a problem. I met two girlfriends. Which girl, girls, which one is good for me? You say, I prophesied none of them. There's something better for you. They're not wrong, but they, they don't, you don't match. God has given everyone the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul is explaining all the details about the body, you have a part, all those things. And when you understand that the, the Bible, the books of, uh, of Paul, are very important understand what is the new covenant all about? You are the temple of the living God. The resurrection power is in us wherever you go. You bring the presence of the Lord wherever you go. That means you are the Bible which the people will read because they never read the Bible maybe, but they can't read you. Isn't that amazing? That's all about Paul. It's not so complicated. If you zoom it out, it makes sense, but now comes the question. I want to close with this, and this is very important because a lot of people they say, I cannot believe in the Bible because the Bible is written by human beings and they wrote letters and letters and letters. And after a while, it's, it's just wrong, it gets in the wrong direction. I want to close with the last point, and this maybe a little bit you have to think for a moment, but this is very deep. Paul. On the, the most important event recorded in the documents. So uh, uh, liberal theologians, theologians or people from the Islam, they will say, listen to me, the four gospels, they, they are fake. I mean, we know Luke. Luke maybe wrote the gospel of Luke, maybe. But Mark, Matthew, and John, nobody knows who those guys were. And they said they, the church, wrote those letters years later, just to build a foundation for the church, and they named, the na- named those names, and they say oh, it was Matthew, it was Mark, and George. but it was actually the church wrote those documents, and that's why a lot of people they will say, even theology people they say we do not believe in demons or angels in hell, in church. There's one loving God. And God loves everyone. It doesn't matter how you live. Ever. This is what they believe. So listen to me. The oldest documents which you can find in all the history, Christian or non-Christian, is First Corinthians. And everyone from the Greek people, from the Roman people, from the Jewish people, even the liberal theologian, they will say, yeah, 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 we believe in Paul. Paul is safe. The first Corinthian book is safe. Now you understand, while Paul is writing the first Corinthians, he repeats things again and again and again. You say, Paul, why in the world are you repeating? I'm not stupid. But Paul wants to make clear for everyone, even 2,000 years later, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Here are some numbers for this, you guys. You say, Pastor, I don't know understand what you're talking about. So. Here's First Corinthians where everyone around the world, the oldest document ever where people believe it's real. So the birth of Jesus Christ, the resurrection about 33 years after Christ. So Paul in the year 55 after Christ, he wrote the first letter to the first Corinthian church. In the year 52, he established a church in Corinth. In the year 49, Paul visited Jerusalem for the second time. In the year 40 after Christ, he visited the Church of Jerusalem for the first time. In the year 35 to 37, Paul got saved. That means two years after Christ died, Paul got saved. And everyone believed from Paul got saved, he wrote the letters maybe around 20 to 22 years later. This is the the closest gap you will ever find in history. Not even Socrates or whatever has Like eight hundred years, the difference, twenty-two years, and everyone around the world says we believe the first book of Corinthians. It's really happened and really true. If you want to really know if Christ rose from the dead, Paul gives the most profound answers of all. So he says in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse three and five, "For what I have received, what I have received, I pass on to you." as our first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to scripture. It's not my idea. It's not fake news. It's written in the scripture. That he was raised on the third day according the scriptures. And then he appears to Kephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. And Paul was saying, guys, I asked Peter, is this true? He said, yes. I asked the 12, is Christ rose from that? They said, yes. I spoke with the eyewitness and everything is real. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He goes on, verse 5, 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 people of the brothers and sisters at the same time. There were 40,000 people lived in Jerusalem. He appeared 500 people in one moment. And Paul is saying, I spoke with the 500. You can ask them. And everyone said, Yes, Jesus rose from the dead. And now, most of them are still living, through some have fallen asleep. And listen to me, here is a small detail. The first Christian, they will never say, I died. They have been asleep. The first Christian, they said, you don't die. You just take a nap. And after a while, you are alive and you will be in heaven forever. Hey, listen to me, so many people say, God is not fair. No, everyone who died is just sleeping a, a nap. Some have a bigger nap and small have a smaller nap. Isn't that amazing? This is what we believe from the bottom of my heart. I like it. So verse seven, then he appeared to James. James was the brother of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine when you, when you, you brothers and sisters, they do not believe that he was the Messiah. Because they were, they were raised up with Jesus and Jesus appeared, his brother and said, James, I am the Messiah. I'm the real deal. So James, he was convicted and he planted the church in Jerusalem. And then to all the apostles, if you want to know if Jesus rose from the dead, all the theologians around the world and in every culture that say we believe in Paul and we know the first book of Corinthians are really the most historical book ever. If people are doubting about John and Matthew, I don't have a problem. But Paul is mentioned, Christ and Christ the resurrection again and again and again. So I'm not done now. So here's a guy, his name is Tictat, uh, Tacticus, complicated name from Rome. He was historian, politician, and also a senator. He listened. He wrote about the crucifixion of Christ. And Chris Christ, from whom the name had its origin, suffered extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of the one, the procurator. the name yeah? Pontius Pilatus, difficult, and the most mischievous superstitions tooth checked for the moment again broke out not only Judea, first the sort of all evil. They said, we cannot stop the Christians. They are just blooming and blossoming. We cannot stop them. Isn't it crazy? It goes from Judea to Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find the center and become more and more popular. Rome was the center of the world. Christianity spread out to Rome and from Rome around the world. And they were saying, we have a problem. We can kill people. We can kill Christians. We can take away, destroy all the documents. But something we cannot stop, the Christians are growing, expanding around the world. That means the resurrection power of Christ was more important than living a safe life. I is a map from Rome. And when you see the map of Rome, the gospel spread all around the world. So I want to close, dear friends. God, it's God's story. And God is still in the lead. God chose Paul to bring the Old and the New Testament together in a certain way that we understand we are the living temple of God. God dwells in us and we have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And even though if we are not allowed to speak the word of God, that will not even be a big problem for God. I tell you why. Some days ago I met a teacher. And it's forbidden in Switzerland. when you are a teacher to speak about Jesus, you're not allowed even to pray with your students. Do you know that? It's forbidden. They will say it's privacy matters. So he said, I don't have a problem. Even though if you don't speak about Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in me, I change the atmosphere. So he was there and next him was a a student and I heard the conversation. And the student said, I got saved through my teacher. I said, how in the world does it happen? He said, I walked into the schoolroom And I figured out my teacher is different than all the teachers. Do you know that you can sense and feel it, the presence of God in your life? (laughs) God dwells in you. You're not neutral, you can't say, oh. So he asked him, why are you different? He said, I cannot tell, it's forbidden. But after school, I can talk. So they drink a coffee and he shared the gospel to him. And the student received Jesus Christ. And beside him was a lot of people say, hey, by the way, that's my family. And all God saved through me. And I want to encourage you right now, no politic structure, no law can stop the kingdom of God. It's God's story. Jesus is saying, if you you do not praise me, I will use stones. God doesn't need your prayer. He has stones. The Bible says in the end times, God will use angels to share the gospel. Even though if we're not allowed to share the gospel, God will use angels, stones. And by the way, even though if you shut up your mouth, people will say, you are different. Your eyes are not blurry. Your eyes are crystal clear. I can see your eyes are clean. Isn't it amazing? And the reason is why the Holy Spirit waves to your eyes, hello, it's me, and God will use you as a living temple. Amen. Wherever you live, you bring the good news to all around the world. Let's give for that God the biggest round of applause tonight in the house. Come on, Woo-hoo. yes, yeah. Woo-hoo. hey, thanks for watching.